Hi friends, this is going to be a very raw recording, I think. Very raw episode. I don't even, yeah, episode. I guess it's an episode. I don't know why my brain tripped over that. Hmm. There's a part of me that has a lot that she wants to share here. And then there's a part of me that doesn't want to share. That is maybe worried about what might come out. (laughs) Because I don't really have a plan. I just know that stuff needs to come out and I've been in a place of not really expressing I recognize my depression and this pattern of expressing and then hiding and doing a had built in a lot of doing into mm, really, I think since I got back from Ohio, like the doing was a distraction. There's doing and eating, busyness. I guess busyness is an addiction. Food is an addiction. Picking apart other people's lives is an addiction. Uh, It's all in avoidance of the pain that is... know if it's pain really there's a lot of feeling it's a lot of feeling I think to say that it's pain pain more comes from the resistance the pain is more about the fear of the feeling than it is the actual feelings themselves So, I'm learning to feel, learning to feel, like really feel, is, has been such a journey for me. And, um, I'm grateful for it. It's good. It's good. Feeling is the only way. (laughs) Um, Well, it's not the only way, but it's the only way, like, I guess to me what that means is it's a path of truth and a path of well-being. The other way is the way that I've done most of my life, which is avoiding feeling and 
um, feeling like pain instead, blocked sensation, or having the feeling be very like intense, like like stomping on a ketchup packet kind of thing. <laughs> like it's building, 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 like the ketchup packet's full and then like it gets stomped on and explodes. Like one thing hits it and boom, like a balloon and just like a little pin prick and it's a big pop or a shaken up champagne bottle. You know, you get it. You get it. And the explosion is usually not uh, excitement or joy. <laughs> this is going to be a rambly one, so <laughs> buckle up. Ugh. I recorded some stories earlier today on Instagram after listening to my friend Amy's podcast about imagination and her creative meditations have been such a gift to me since I joined back in October helping me piece things together about life and what I want and who I am and feeling and the mysteries of the universe and energy really how the world works mystical things and magic and story I mentioned in those Instagram stories, which is not what I was talking about when I said story, the story um, that I meant that the meditations are helping me with are the stories that I tell myself, the stories that I think are my life, the stories that I think are truth, and the stories that um, sort of the way that I make meaning of the things that happen, um, which are the stories that I think are my life. Because even if we're not consciously choosing the meaning, we are still choosing a meaning and adopting that as our story. <laughs> um, and as I become more aware of the choice and of my patterns and of mythologies of the world and how other people view things, my story expands and transforms and becomes something more magical and more meaningful 
but not in ways that are like from old patterns, but from new connections. Um, it's moving into that unknown space, not the everything I know space. And in the unknown space, and I've said this before, it is where all possibility is. It's where all the things that we want that we don't have are. So anyway, back to the Instagram stories, Amy says, enjoy your process. And she sees art as a process. And I was thinking about that. And I feel that <laughs> life is a process. Art is a process. Life is a process. I am a bag of skin and bones and organs that is a process that has this consciousness that is a process and it all works together and processes things like the food that goes in gets processed and then it gets expelled expressed the experience that comes in gets processed and it gets processed through the consciousness in my nervous system that has been formed by all the other experiences and that and and the stories that I have, the lenses through which I see the world and how I and that all is like housed in the body and the thing is is I think that my processor's a little jammed wasn't programmed very well I suppose and now I'm becoming aware of how the processor works and how to interact with it um, and that it is me and the parts of me and um, that I'm, so I'm in the process of understanding my process. I really hope this is going to make sense. This is just me talking it out. And it helps me to feel a little anchored in where I'm at instead of just drifty and like oh there's a lot going on there's a lot going on and I feel a little weird because it's foreign it's new it's unfamiliar 
and it's not widely modeled, I suppose. So what I'm talking about is like, I'm really diving deeper into the work that I started last year in Smart Body, Smart Mind. And practicing more embodiment. Slowing down, lots of slowing down. And showing up and expressing, putting myself in groups where that is the aim. Where that is the, the intention the expectation and what's being nourished and why other people are there and showing up. And so I mentioned that I had been keeping myself pretty busy. Busy with like a whole lot of nothing is kind of what it feels like. But it was busy. I did a, like an online course in Money Mindset that had a lot of community calls and support and um, I was reading books and I finally joined a program to help me with my food addiction which isn't really food addiction it is mm, didn't hit do not disturb on my phone even though I'm out in the middle of nowhere but apparently it's time for me to journal this is a journal. So, yeah, I was doing things. I had Zoom calls and appointments and I was making every meal fresh and cleaning the house and blah, blah, blah. I was eating a lot, <laughs> um, scrolling a lot. And pretty much just not whatever I could do to not really feel a lot. Wasn't taking action in the things that I wanted to do in life. And I was like, stop and go, stop and go. And that's probably been a lot of my life. But, um, gosh, I've. I was so, like, something had shifted after my cancer experience. And I was like, I felt so in love with life. And then dad got sick. And dad died. And it's not like... I fell out of love with life. You know, it's interesting that my brush with cancer and death, I feel like made me want life more. And then dad dying has me more numb. Like, it's not like I don't want life. I'm not like suicidal or anything. I'm just numb just a little frozen and I was probably somewhat I was definitely frozen after my surgery I mean and there are 
really were points when I wasn't sure how much I loved life. The healing was rough. But I had Dad there, and he really helped me get through it. So, you might notice that I'm speaking more slowly. I'm just noticing what's happening in my body when I speak. And letting it happen. Letting energy move. Feeling where the sadness is. And um, when the tears come up, I would like to let the tears out. I'm really good at the tears coming on. And then I stop them. I don't want to stop them. I want to cry. I want to just sob. I want to sob so hard that just my breath has to be deep and I can just like saying something about dad I listened to a podcast on grief recently and um, it's the holistic life navigation podcast with Luis Mujica he oh I'm a little distracted because there's a car driving down the road and I hope they don't come and camp near me Um, he said that two things happen with grief. Grief is an overwhelming release of love in the body, and the body can't handle it, so the body tenses up. And the second thing is that a piece of us dies. That the person that we thought we were or would be with the person or the job or the thing that was lost or destroyed or just isn't anymore, the disconnection, um... It's like a a death of that part of us, that vision. So overwhelming love, like love imploding. And then the loss of a piece of ourselves. Mm. 
And I thought that was interesting, the overwhelming love, because I, I feel that. There's regret. Um that I didn't love dad well enough while he was here. And there's also the love that I feel from him, I felt from him. And it doesn't make sense because just because he's not here physically anymore doesn't mean that I won't feel it, that I can't feel it. I'll never hear him say, Daddy loves you. Daddy's so proud of you. The way that he said it like that. Not I. Daddy. I was journaling tonight and I... Um... I realized that the way that I feel with him gone is the way that I felt when he was here before we had a a good relationship. In a way it was that I, I didn't I wasn't enough. I didn't do enough. I did not do enough. I didn't love him enough. I didn't give him a chance. I didn't get to take care of him so that he wouldn't have to work so hard so that he could have been in better health. That, you know, it's like this. I I failed him, which is not at all true. It is not at all true. My dad never, ever, ever... ever said that to me. Now, there were times growing up when I would do something wrong and I'd be shamed and, you know, I I know where that not good enough came from. But then he did his own healing, his own work through the 12 steps and his 20 years of sobriety and the person that I got to know over the last few years never did that he was so humble and loving and um he became the person that I really admired, that I looked up to, who helped me, and someone that I want to be like. Another thing that I've heard about grief, read about grief recently, and that I've actually told other people about grief, I just forget to apply it to me is that um, 
those things that we love about the people that we've lost are opportunities for us to find how those qualities show up in ourselves. And if they aren't there, to integrate them. So, the things that I love the most about my dad were, are, uh, his fellowship, his commitment to sobriety, his financial independence. Spiritual fitness. His smile. His love for Florida and fishing. And like the simplicity. He didn't need a lot. And he had a really positive attitude. At least the last few years. And a calmness about him. And, uh... Those things, um... Are lacking in me in ways. I could... I could be more like him more, <laughs> better, I can lean into those parts, certainly, um, by sorting out the relationship I have to my detrimental vices, so... I'm going to be consciously bringing him into mind more. I don't like to admit it, but I haven't been... I, I try not to think about him. Because when I do, just so much comes up, and I don't... It's, it's overwhelming, and it doesn't feel like there's the right time... Um, and, you know, the busyness made it so that that was, quote-unquote, true. <laughs> it's really convenient. <laughs> so that's why I'm here in the desert, because there's no cell signal. There's not a lot of distraction, and the type of distraction that is here is not distraction it is deep connection to earth it's beautiful I love the desert I feel like it can hold me and hold emotion or like take it take it away in the wind in the big open space can stomp the ground as hard as I want. I might go throw some rocks at the hillside tomorrow. 
something else. Hmm, where did I... I don't remember where I, I heard this, but... Um, oh, I know. Same podcast, different episode. Um, Earth is our original... I mean, you know, it's Mother Earth. It's our primary secure connection, and we've really lost that connection. Like, we don't have a secure connection to the Earth, a safe sort of relationship, a respectful relationship. And so I always feel best when I've spent time in nature, when I've got my feet on the ground, like bare feet on the ground, sat on a rock, soaked up some sunshine. So I don't consider that distraction and the movement is good. The quiet and stillness. It's an, a good opportunity to slow down. Because when I'm moving, doing all the things in the day, I can really easily slip into not feeling. And I mean like, not really feeling my body. Like the really the whispers and I can feel the whispers and the little little zings and the little tingles and tightenings if I slow down and listen and I can be moving slowly and still feeling I don't have to be just like lying down stiff as a board but like when I'm doing housework or sitting at a computer, sometimes I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't even know if I'm breathing. <laughs> and, um, that's something that I think I did most of my life until I started the nervous system work and it's something that the last few weeks crept back in like there's big stuff to feel so I'm here in the desert and I'm in some spaces to feel it and I'm in a process I'm in a process of learning my process and processing these feelings and stories and expressing seeing what comes out <laughs> verbally here I've been doodling and doing some art um, I've even been singing more in the car moving, dancing, the dance out here in the desert. I love fucking love dancing in the desert. Oh my god. I <sighs> this last year has just been so eye opening on so many levels and one of them is realizing how much the handful of 
gatherings in the desert I go to every year for the last six or seven years now really, really nourished me. Maybe I'll talk about that sometime. But I think that's enough for tonight. I feel... I feel expressed. My body feels like I want some deep breathing and probably another layer of blankets to get underneath because it's starting to get cold. So, and dry. It's so dry. You can hear that in my voice, I'm sure. Also, voice from, like, screaming in the car on the way here. (laughs) Crying. I laid with my head, like, out the back of the RAV4 with the, the, like, hatch open. And, uh, I was looking at the stars and talking to my dad. Because... I'm making that more of an intention. And I started crying and my head was tilted downwards, which, you know, blood's rushing to it then to begin with. But then, like, really did a number on my sinuses. Um, Crying like that for just, like, a minute. Anyway. (laughs) Really raw episode. (laughs) I don't know why I get tripped up on the word episode. Episode. Anyway. Gotta go now. Almost dropped the phone on my face. Alright. Um, you know, the usual. You can follow me on Instagram if you want to do that. If you want. I'm, I'm sporadic on there right now too. Um, but I do have a podcast coming up with my friend Ryan who has an amazing group married and manifesting uh, used to be a mindful bride um, changing over I'm sure we'll talk about that she's fantastic and I'm really glad that I have this scheduled um, recording the podcast is one thing that I do not see as keeping me busy or avoiding that this is like my stuff I love it I love the conversations I have and I'm grateful that I have this scheduled to look forward to when I get back from the desert um, because my dad really valued connection and I love connection too I just hide from it so anyway yeah that'll be coming up and um, maybe more really raw stuff like this we'll see I don't know um I'm processing. (laughs) And uh, I'm sorry, Amy, if you're listening, I'm going to steal your tagline on this just for this episode. But um, dear friends, wherever you are in your process, I hope you're enjoying it. Till next time, lots of love.